0: Hey friends, we hope this message from C3 Fort Worth helps you see Jesus like never before. And if you're in or around Fort Worth, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday or at one of our weekly dinner parties. Hey, so I haven't preached in like a month and I forget things easily. So I had to go back and read the Bible again and um, to try to remember um, some of these. But I, uh, I, I do want to um, share something with you. When, you know, we preach through, and don't worry, we'll get a stage at some point. But we, um, some of you feel like I'm like you keep stop moving. I'll just stay in one place, which is really hard for me to do. I've walked ten thousand steps on the phone in this building already. Um, but we uh, we we have preached out of the lectionary for a while. Some of you guys like I don't know what that is. The lectionary is something put out by uh, primarily the Anglican Church, but really the the church uh, at large and mainline denominations. They use the lectionary as their guide for preaching. And so they use that as a way to kind of set the scriptures for each Sunday so that all around the world, everybody's preaching from the same thing. And what's really cool about that is, is uh, we don't get to tell you the series we're doing so you can decide whether or not you want to hear it. It's just we're going to preach the Bible, and you get to come and listen to the Bible. Is that, that's good, right? And um, sometimes it throws you a little curveball. And so we hadn't been doing the lectionary over the summer. It's usually when you take a little bit of a break. And so I was curious, when should we do the lectionary again? And um, I I wasn't sure because I knew this. I knew that as we stepped into this new space and into this new building, there would be a lot of things we need to talk about, could talk about, because we are kind of ramping up to a grand opening when we'll be able to move into the other space, and this will become the well done. That is awesome. So if you know any local Fort Worth artists, hit them up because we want Fort Worth to be seen when you walk in the church. Sometimes you walk in church and you'd forget the city exists. I want you to walk in the church and remember even more how much the city exists. So we want, we want this stuff. So if you know some Fort Worth artists, hit us up, put it on the walls. And, um, and so I was thinking about when we do that, there's going to be a lot of things to talk about, a lot of things that we need to, to encourage each other on and, and champion each other on. And, and so I asked Pastor Mary, I said, and I call her that at the house, and I said, um, I don't, but I said, um, uh, hey babe, what do, you, what do you think we should be preaching on, and what do you think we should be hitting? And she said this word, she said faith. She said we need to be talking about faith. And I said, well, that's a big topic. Anything like specifically about faith for, and, because that's like a big one, and there's like all kinds of ways people, you know. And then the next day, I asked my buddies, hey, when are you doing the lectionary again? When are you starting that up? And somebody said August 7th. And I was like, okay, that seems like a decent date, but i got this other thing that I need to be talking about, preaching about. And then I met with Steve Wozner, who's not able to be here today, but Steve has been a part of our building campaign and making sure this whole thing happened. And, and uh, we start talking about what we needed to do in terms of finances and some of those things and vision builders. And, and, um, and so we're talking, and as we talk, we talk about Abram and Sarah, and we talk about counting stars, and we talk about a series we had done years ago called Counting Stars, and we we talk about all of those things, right? Abram t- walks out of his tent, looks up, counts the stars, and so that's what we're talking about. The mayor talks about faith, and they said August 7th. It's August 7th, and then I, I'm like, okay, Counting Stars, we're talking about it. So I, I go home. I'm still wrestling with this, and uh, and I look in the lectionary for August 7th, and, I, and and this is where it was like, okay, so I still get to choose, or is this like a And so the first scripture I looked up, now this happens once every three years. In the lectionary, you don't see the same verses over and over again, okay? In the lectionary, you get one section of verses mostly. There's a few that kind of get repeated. But for the most part, you see a certain scripture once over the three years because that's the desire, that's the goal, that you would journey through scripture over a course of three years. And August 7th, and I know my brother-in-law is here. He's probably got it on speed dial. He probably has looked it up. August 7th, the lectionary is this. Genesis 15. Now, if you know Genesis 15, Genesis 15 is when God calls Abram out of his tent. And he says, hey, you should look up to heaven and count the stars. And then, and then I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. I mean, because I was just talking about that this morning, and it's August 7th. Like, that's kind of a good deal. Like, I, I don't want to read into everything, but that seemed pretty cool. Like, maybe we should roll with that. And so then I look at the next scripture for the day of August 7th. And the next scripture, Mary said faith. Can anybody guess what scripture, some of you guys, you know, you just show up at church every weekend, you could probably guess this, what what chapter in the Bible, if you were going to talk about the word faith, would you immediately think to reference Hebrews 11, it's called the Hall of Faith, because it lays out all the men and women who have lived by faith, and I just want to let you know that on August 7th, the scriptures in the lectionary are Genesis 15. And Hebrews 11, that's when I laughed a little bit. And then I was like, I don't know if I get to choose or if this was like a legit sign. Like, what do I do here? And so we're going to preach today, and we're going to start a series of talks and a series of, of, of sermons. On the next six to eight weeks as we lead up to, towards grand opening, we'll have more details on that. We've we got to make sure we got some things done before we can just say this is the date. Um, plus, we need AC in there. How many of you guys would love that. You want AC in the next room. And so we'll get the date as soon as we, but probably mid-October is probably where where we'll land. But we're going to go to Genesis chapter 15 and Hebrews 11, and that will kind of shape the next six to eight weeks. And as we kind of go through this, here's what I want you to understand, and we prayed about it already. Um, I, I want you to have this idea that if whether you are familiar in your faith, whether you are unsettled in your faith, whether you are discouraged in your faith, whether you are distracted in your faith, the next six to eight weeks, it's for you. The next six to eight weeks, walking through this story of Abram to Abraham, walking through this journey that he had, a journey of faith which was not perfect. It did not hit all the requirements. It did not check off all the boxes. It did not do all the things you're supposed to do when you say things like, I'm going to live by faith. I walk by faith each... Okay, yeah, some of y'all... Some of y'all just outed yourself right then. You're like, you're a church kid. But this is going to be for you, because here's what I want you to hear. I I want you to walk away from today, and today's like a precursor. Today's like an introduction. How many of you read the introduction to a book? You should. It's important. It's not always as good, but sometimes you can kind of go, am I going to read this book? If you just read the introduction. And so today's kind of an introduction. Today, we're not going to get into the meat of it. Today, don't, we're not going to get into all the details of it. We're not even going to get into really what I would love to get into. This is an introduction because we've got some people to baptize. I want to make sure we get there. But we're going to read Genesis 15, not the whole thing, a few verses. We're going to read Hebrews 11, not the whole thing, a few verses. And we're going to set ourselves up for what the next six to eight weeks look like. But if you walked away for, with one thing today, it would be what you see on the screen now. And it would simply be this that you would look up. Is that, that you would look up. I don't know if you've ever been hanging out with your kids, driving with your kids. I, 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 this is happening on so many occasions. We'll be driving down the road, and they've got their Kindle with them. They call it an iPad. I'm just, I just want to let them think that because I don't want to pay for the iPad. So I was like, yeah, no, it's an iPad. Yes. Yes. they be on their Kindle or whatever, and, and they're just locked into whatever's happening. And then in that Texas sunset hits, and you got the pinks and the oranges and all this stuff, and you become more of an adult, so you care about those things. And you look at the the clouds and you think it's amazing, and you have to yell back at your kids. You go, Oh, look up, look, look. How many of you know that right now, one of the major issues we have is how much we don't look up, we look down. You know, one of the healthiest things you can do in your life, and I mean this by, like, biology. I'm not just saying this as a preacher because it helps my message. I'm saying this to you because this is actually true, that one of the greatest things you can do in your life is look up. The the science all over the place proves this. When you live in the city, when you live within buildings, one of the best things you can do is find the street where you can see the horizon and look at it. Because for many of us, we live in a life where we are looking into our phone, looking into our screen, looking into our circumstances, looking into our situation, looking into our dirty house, looking into our to-do list, looking into all these things. And we never, ever take a second to look up and see what's in front of us. Paul David Tripp wrote a book one time. I reference it all the time. And you don't even have to read it because I'm going to explain it to you. It's actually in the title. And the book is simply called Awe not like awe, it's a cute baby, but sort of, like awe, like awe and wonder, that at the root of most of our problems, at the root of most of our sin, at the root of most of our mistakes, at the root of most of our worry and anxiety, all of those things is that we have lost a sense of awe and wonder at who God is and what he can do. Because if you look through the Bible, what you don't find is perfect circumstances, and what you don't find is perfect Christians, What you do find is a faithful God who in all things and at all times is present and able. See, the Bible says he's a good father and a great God. And I've said this so many times, but you need both. Because a lot of mythology that has great gods, but they're not good fathers. And we've got a lot of great people who are good fathers, but they ain't a great God. And what you have is a great God who is able, and you have a good father who is willing. Willing. And so when we come into a place like this, with the whole goal of worship, what we just experienced a moment ago, is so that you would look up from everything you're walking through, everything you're dealing with, all the screens you've been staring at. It is your God the Father saying to you, would you please, please, please look up. I don't need you to figure it out. I don't need you to fix it all. I don't need you to, to, to come up with a strategy and a plan because I got that too. I need you to look up. So let's get to the story. Genesis chapter 15. We're just going to read a few verses. And uh, uh, just the first few verses of Genesis 15. We'll throw that up there and we can read this. After this. Now, uh, see, this is hard. Okay. After this, there's a few things. He, he gets called in Genesis 12. So everyone gets called in Genesis 12, gives three promises. You're going to be a great nation. You're going to get a great name. You're going to bless nations. You're going to, do, you're going to have a family that, that's beyond your imagination, all this kind of stuff. All these promises given to Abram in Genesis 12. And he pulls, and God calls him out of the land, so he follows him. And then he makes this mistake because sometimes fear decides that faith shouldn't be there. So fear makes you do crazy things, right? So does faith. That's why faith and fear are, well, pretty much the same thing. They all both believe that what you cannot see will come to pass right? It's just deciding who you're going to believe in it, right? And so uh, he, he makes a mistake and tells the Pharaoh that, no, that's my sister and not my wife, and that kind of causes some weird moments, right? And then and then he has this moment with Lot who takes off and does some things he shouldn't do, and Abram has to go rescue him. And so after those couple circumstances and situations, uh, this is what happens. God speaks to Abram and says this, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, right? Because he might be afraid. He, t- he just took some men and and brought his nephew back uh, from captivity and, and fought and, and took on some kind of pretty bad dudes. And, uh, and so he, might be some fear there, right? This might not be talking even about the promises from Genesis 12. This might just be the fact that he just, he just kind of took down a few people and they might want revenge, right? It could be all of it, mixed up together in a ball, which is what many of us walk around with anyways. It says, do not be afraid. D- don't you love when God says that? But I have every reason to be afraid. Jesus shows up with the disciples on a boat in the middle of a storm and says, take courage. Do not fear. And they're like, what are you talking about? It's scary. Of course I'm afraid. And God, Jesus says, no, 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 don't be afraid. Because I am your shield. That deals with the fear of retru- uh, retribution. That deals with the fear of revenge. And then he says this, your very great reward. That deals with unfulfilled calling. That deals with unfulfilled promises. That deals with the idea that maybe God isn't going to do it, isn't going to do it. I don't know what's going to happen. God says, I am your shield. But Abram said, I love this. I love the honesty of Abram. Take a lesson in this. Your prayer life can look like this. I promise. Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me? (laughs) Okay. Go in, Abram. Let's do this. What can you give me? I remain childless. And the one who will... who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. What's he dealing with? He's just fought to bring his nephew back. He's, he's made this thing. He's built a wealth. He's got all this stuff, and he's got nobody to give it to. That was the promise. I would have someone to give this to. But God, you haven't done any of this. What do you have to give me? I mean, that's a pretty big statement. So you're like, I can't say that when I'm praying. No, 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 God can handle it. God's got a, God's got a bigger chest than you think. He can handle you banging against it and going, no, no, you haven't done what you said you were going to do. No, you can't. What what can you possibly give me? You've given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. So rewrite your will. He took him outside and said, look up. Everybody say, look up. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky. Count the stars. If indeed you can count them. It's almost like, okay, you want to go in? Let's go in. Let's make it happen. I was just going to come pat you on the back, but no, you, got, you, you had to step up. And sometimes you need to press against God so he can kind of press back a little bit. So he can kind of go, okay, I hear you. I hear you, but let me, let me just kind of just remind you of something. Not in any kind of messed up or difficult or mean way, but in this way of saying, I can do this. Look up at the sky. Count the stars If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, "So shall your offspring be." Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. That phrase is one of the most important phrases in all of the Bible. It is one that the Apostle Paul takes a hold of in Romans and Galatians and says things like, "We are saved by grace, but through grace by faith. He's, he says that very thing. Do you, don't you remember Abram who was saved by believing? You keep trying to do the law and you're held captive by the law because you keep trying to let that be the saving grace of your life and that's not what it is. It's, it's already been fulfilled in Christ Jesus and you keep trying to go back to the elemental forces, right? You keep trying to go back to that thing to try to make it all right. You keep adding to what Jesus has already finished and he's, he would always say this about, no, 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 we are like Abram. Those who believe, we are now heirs with Abraham we understand who he is what he believed and that is what makes the difference our faith it's a it's an incredibly crucial statement and it's and it's it's really truly what you find in Abraham is a a, a rebirth of a promise that God had already made to Adam and Eve then you see it in Abraham and then you see it fulfilled in Christ because because the New Testament always takes something that was physical and makes it and breaks it out of its mold and takes the limits off of it. And Jesus now has sons and daughters that are in the line of Abraham. And they are made because they simply believe. And now you are sons and daughters with him. That, that, is, that is foundational truth. That is something you, that we understand that this, this family being expanded, Abraham's going, I don't know how you're going to possibly do this. Abraham's a little bit unsettled in his faith. And yet God takes him outside and says, hey, you, you need to look up. You need to look up. You need you to count the stars. Now, here's what I know about this thing. God is not actually asking for an inventory. He is not hoping that you could count them and find out if he's missing two. God is not, like, curious about how many stars are there because he went a little wild last night and threw a few more out. This is not what's happening. What is God doing? God is not asking him for a report. He doesn't come back a week later or two weeks later or six months later and go, hey, did you ever finish counting those stars? I really need you to know the exact number of what I'm going to do through your life. Is that what he's doing? No. In fact, he kind of throws in there, if you can even count it, if you can even try to do this. What God is trying to do is get Abram out of his current thinking, out of his current uh, unsettledness, out of his his current discouragement, out of his current fear, and look at him and say, you've got to look up because the one who created all this has called you. Oh, we've got to look up. We've got to look up. We've got to start looking at the stars. We've got to begin to think about the God we serve and how big he is. And I know, man, I... I I can be a bit of a practical person. I can be one of those who wants to tone it down because I don't want to push anybody beyond whatever. But I I just had this feeling as we got into this series that it was really, really important for all of us to understand that we need to look up. Both as a church, together, look up. Look up at what's possible in this space and in this place. Look up at what could happen as we inhabit this place and we walk through this place and we pull up at this place and we drive down these streets and we, and we go into these restaurants and we support these local businesses and we invite new artists into this space and we all these. Look up because the possibilities are endless. Man, how many times have we put a stopping point on what God wants to do in us? How many times have we been like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, I will go with you to, the, to like 177? Like I wonder if Abram started to like count i wonder if he like took a second he was like looked up and then guy's like no like you're missing the point but i wonder if he started to like one two three and i wonder at what number he started to feel like you haven't done anything yet how are you going to do this i wonder at what point he was like man i don't i don't know i like i'm at seven i'm already feeling overwhelmed but see the god who wants you to look at the stars is also the god who wants to remind you that he put the stars in the sky He's the God that wants to remind you that he's the one who created all things. He's the God who wants to remind you that it is not you that are going to do it, but me. You see, God is already working his plan. God is already making things happen. God is already doing a thing. Now, I think it's interesting, though, that God did not leave Abram in his tent. We were in uh, uh, Florida a couple weeks ago, and... um, Man, almost got killed by a firework. They're in the room, but I won't look over there. Um, but I, I, I remember going out. Like, we. At the balcony was facing the ocean, so we were able to kind of just step out on the balcony. And every night I would do this. Because, um, one, I stay up too late, and I had to be quiet. But, two, because, man, when I'm on the, out by the ocean, that's the one thing I want to do. I want to go out into the space and look at a thing that I can't fully comprehend. Like, I don't understand. Like, how does this work? Right? And I would look up and I would see the stars. And see, the problem is, like, just with my kids in the car, when I would go, hey, look up, and, they, <laughs> and they'll look up, and then they'll look right back down. You know, for some of us, it isn't the look up, it's the how long you'll look. For some of us, the real issue is not the fact that every once in a while, you'll go, oh, yeah, look, what does Psalm 1 say? I just got time for one verse today. But right? I, I mean, I'm gonna pray one prayer, and I'm not, t- listen, I just, I'm not one who tells you you gotta read 17 verses to be more holy or anything like that, but what I am telling you what I'm absolutely going to tell you is the more you look at Jesus, the more you'll understand what He can and wants to do. Absolutely. The more you look out here and you see the highway and you see the stuff, and you look in the sky and you see the, the skyline, you see the city of Fort Worth and you, you, the more you look at it, the more like things start to show up in your mind, the more creativity is unleashed. In your mind, in your heart, you, you actually begin to catch a vision for what God can do. You actually begin to go, oh, there's a need. There's a pain point. there's a, Most vision is birthed out of the idea that you have a solution to a problem. Or at least you think you do. And you should give it a go. But we got to be people who get out of the familiar. So for some of you, you're unsettled in your faith. You're like Abram. You just fought a battle. You just made some mistakes. And you're like, I don't know if I can keep going here. But for some of you, you're like Abram in a tent, arguing with God. And God's going, okay, hold on. Will you just come outside? You've gotten so familiar with how things have been and how your relationship with the Lord has been and how how things have happened, and and maybe it's because something went wrong or different than you expected, and so now you're kind of in this place where, like, okay, we're just settled, and I'm I'm cool with settled for now, and that's probably true for some of us. We just need to be settled for a minute, and, and that's good. But for some of us, it is God going, you need to come out of the tent. And for some of you, like, actually being in church this morning, it's you coming out of the tent, and God is saying to you, hey, I need you to get unfamiliar again. I need you to go to a place where I'm beyond what you think you know. I need, to, I, need, I need you to let me go to a place that's bigger than you thought it was. I need you to, give you, need you to let me give you a vision that is bigger than you thought possible. I need you, I need you to look up because you've gotten really familiar with your faith. I, I don't want to hurt you and cause you pain, but I, I do want to expand what you are doing and who you are because I've hung the stars in the sky and I've got something for you. And your faith has gone, grown familiar, and today it today needs to grow unfamiliar again. You need to look up. You need to see Jesus. It's amazing that um, as, as, uh, uh, as God calls Abram, um, and Abram has these complaints and frustrations, what God doesn't do is going, oh, Sarah's already pregnant. But God could have, like, eased all of it by just going, oh, yeah, it happens tomorrow it'll be here tomorrow stork and all everything it'll you just right here it'll be done like everything's going to be done it's all happening in 7 days you'll be good by august whatever this will happen don't you wish god would do that every once in a while just like yeah 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 no here's what's going to happen in september and here's january and then in 2024 and then 2027 and and tw- god's like why would i do that you could forget me i'm here to stay Plus, life is more exciting than that. The curves are part of what make it fun. This this idea that God calls us into something, one author wrote it like this. God invites Abraham to imagine what the future might be like if God is faithful to the promise. To imagine what the future might be like if God is faithful to the promise to the promise can you imagine what the future is like if God is faithful to his promise that's what he's inviting you into he's inviting you into that and going could you imagine oh look up could you imagine look up and count the stars just start go ahead I'll wait if you could even do it Abram Abram's response is not even like okay one two it's like okay I believe you like, it's not even worth trying to count it all up and inventory God. I'll just go where you go. But if we grow familiar, we actually reduce the possibilities. I, um, whenever I've, I've been to New York, it's like I, I love New York. I haven't been back in a while, and every time I see pictures of it, I'm like, I get really discouraged, and I have to look up. And, um, but if you go to New York, what someone will tell you is that they always know who the tourists are, and you all know how, because they're all doing this right? They're walking around running into people who are trying to get somewhere. And they're all looking up. Why? Because they are unfamiliar. And then you got a bunch of New Yorkers, right, walking around. Was that okay? I don't know if that was, that might have been more, I don't know, Boston. Uh, I don't know. It's all, it all runs together for me. Um, Somewhere along the way, it's going to turn Aussie, and then we're in all heaps of trouble. And, um, but, but what you find is people who live there are doing what? They're just walking. They know exactly where they're going, where they've got to be. They've seen it all before. Oh, man. If we really think we've seen it all in this life of faith. I mean, I think of my grandfather who, uh, 50 years old, decided to start a ministry that went across the world. Like, that seems like a late time. I feel like you should have done that at 20. At some point, God pulled him out and said, look at the stars. Just look up. See what's possible. Get unfamiliar again with God. Get unfamiliar with who he is. That doesn't mean, like, take a two-year break so you can come back fresh. I just mean, like, really come into this space and go, God, am I, am I trying to count it? Instead of just realizing it's about how big you are. And then it simply says this. Abram believed the Lord. Abram believed the Lord. And this becomes the basis of Pauline's faith, of, of the Apostle Paul's faith. This is, this is the basis for his argument about what faith is and what it does and how it does it and all of these things. This one line, Abram believed and the Lord, what, credited to him as righteousness. Wait, wait, wait all you did is look up and go, yeah, I believe you. Done. He, he just looked up and believed God. Can you imagine? That's what faith is. When Pastor Mary says we should talk about faith, here's what I'm going to tell you. Faith is looking up, counting the innumerable stars and in believing God can do it. When God says I can I can take all your shame, all your guilt, all your burdens, all your sin all your problems, all your... I can take all of it and wipe it away and throw it as far as the east is from the west. I can give you new life, streams of living water from just one drink. I can do all of those things. It sounds impossible. It is Jesus saying, look up, man, because I can do a lot more than you think I can. You've tried to inventory me, put me on a shelf and figure me out, and it's not going to work like that. It's impossible what he's asking. It's impossible what he's saying. And yet he calls us to believe it because it's about him, not us. I don't believe him because I'm believable. I believe him because he is. I have faith because he's faithful. I have faith that in all things he will be there. He will not forsake me. He will not leave me. He will not bail. He is here. And when I look up to count the stars, I'm not looking alone. When I look up and count the stars... I'm not doing it in my own strength. In fact, I think Abram looked at it, started to count, got to seven, and was like, okay, I believe you. I believe you. And so here's my question to you today. As people get baptized today, get baptized into, not just into Christ, but also into this community of faith, into this place where we come around each other, become the body of Christ together, that these, these, these young men making this decision and Jessica making this decision to get baptized, this this is them going, I believe you. I believe you. (laughs) I will lay down everything I'm familiar with, everything I've got, everything I've had, all the disappointments, all the unsettledness, all the discouragement, all the stuff, and I will believe you and I will trust you because it's a big thing and it's a big God and I'm not going to do it on my own. And as we do this, I have one question, It's one simple question. Remember, this is the introduction, so when we open the pages over the next few weeks, this is what I want you to remember. One question. When was the last time you looked up? When was the last time you got outside your stuff and your situation and your circumstances and your, and your hurt and your pain and all of those things? Got outside your tent. Got outside what is normal and regular, what is familiar. Got outside of the things that have seemed to limit you to this point. Got outside of those things and looked up. Because I believe this. I believe this about a lot of people in this room, actually. And uh, this is not a place so the brand and American go, we got a building. This is a place where the dreams of people are going to come alive. Because we created a space where people can look up. They get outside of their stuff I don't have the resources I don't have the people I don't live with those kind of family I don't have those kind of connections I don't got the. okay we'll do that for you we'll be that we'll do that yeah yeah for sure there's some people in here that just need to look up again for some of you you were looking up like ten years ago five years ago six months ago something happened something changed something shifted and you're like man I'm... God's going get out of the tent man like come on come here no 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 come here come here come here come here, come here. I don't even know maybe Abram went slowly you know I don't want to get up. I'm comfortable. It's nighttime. I'm ready for bed. It'd be weird. I can't go out there in my boxers. Come here. Just come on. Just get out. It's okay. It's midnight. It's, it's back in the day, there would have been no street lights. Like you're good. Nobody can see you. Just come out here. You look up. Just look up. All the limits, all the stuff. Man, would you get rid of that? Just look up. Um. yeah would you stand with me and we're going to pray as we close and, uh, and then Pastor Mayor will let you know how we're going to do baptisms and how we're going to do that I'm, I'm telling you right now I'm telling you right now I don't say this as a um, I do, I do not need the points in heaven. Like, I don't need to, like, somehow prove anything. So when I say this, I'm not saying this to somehow, like, I just want to say, say this to you right now. There are people in this room right now, like, right now, prophetically, it's time to look up again. So me right now are feeling that. Holy Spirit's telling you, look up. Count the stars if you can. Because what I want to do in you What I want to do in these people is greater than you can imagine. And it will not be done because you come up with the perfect strategy or plan, although I'll give you one that'll help. Look up again. Please look up again. You ever been in a crowd of people and one person looks up and all of a sudden everybody's starting to look up? Do you know what Fort Worth needs? Not a church who keeps looking down. Not a church who's captivated by circumstances and current trends and ideologies and red and blue and all kinds of stuff. But that's not what the no no no. The city doesn't need that. The city needs a bunch of people who go, oh, wow. I know it's not great down here, but man, if I could look to heaven and count the stars and get a few people who believe God again, then God will do something in the earth that makes it look a little more like heaven every day. We are not trying to escape this place. Oh, no, I was at a funeral yesterday, officiating a funeral for a young lady of 29 years old, was paralyzed from the waist down for a whole life. Family, friends of ours, many of you would know them. And they talked endlessly about the joy she carried, the smile on her face. Never, ever, ever did she let people be sad. Because joy, the fruit of the spirit, is resilient and it's defiant. It is not meant to be something. That is mixed in with what's going on. It is meant to be something that stands firm, regardless of what's going on. That if you could look up and just hear God again, if you could just look up and dream again. If you could just look up and see, you might be doing great things. I'm not even saying that your life's bad right now. I'm not saying that at all. But look up because you've counted to seven. And there's four. There's more. Way more. And I want to pray this. And I got to get on going. But I. I just, I, this, these next six to eight weeks, I, I, I keep wanting to not say this because I know why they're here and they're here to celebrate my family and, and be here for my little boy and it's the first day and I'm so thankful, but I just felt this when you walked in, Niles. And I don't, like you're one of the most amazing, you do so many things that nobody knows about. You serve so faithfully. You're, you're reaching people that no one cares about and you are doing it with such, a, such an amazing heart. And yet I just felt like the moment you walked in today, I, once during worship and then during greeting and then while I'm preaching, and I'm trying to preach and God's like distracting me and I couldn't even look over at you and I just felt like the Lord said, look up again. I, I think the best is ahead of you. And I think all the things God's been stirring in you and all the things you've had to walk through and all the doubts and frustrations and all the things, man, you, you minister at such a high level but God's going, look up because, because the stars are innumerable what He can do in you and what He will do in you is far more than you could ever imagine or see. I'm so, I'm so thankful you're here today. Lord, I thank you so much. For every person in this room, I pray that we would look up again. Lord, I pray that we would have faith, that we'd believe you. Not because we have great belief, but because you are so believable. Because you are so faithful. So God, whoever's got unsettled faith, Whoever's got familiar faith, whoever's got discouraged faith, whoever's got distracted faith, God, I pray now, today, in this place, and as we move forward, let us grow in our faith by looking up at the stars. In Jesus' name, amen.